Okay. So now, we're going to do the prayer for um, our, our character defects, right? And we have a list that says violent, health, hateful, sloppiness, impatient, and dishonesty. What we ask the guys to do, or the girls to do, is to two columns. One with a character defect. Okay, he or she is violent. What is the, the spiritual uh, principle opposite to that? What should that be? Peaceful. That's right. So, this my character defects. What I want to achieve is peaceful, right? I'm hateful. What would be the, the opposite of that? Loving, right? Sloppiness. I'm a slob. What would be Cleanliness. Yes? So, I'm very impatient. And this is Hector. I'm very impatient. What is the opposite of that? Patience. Patience. Oh, patience. I'm very dishonest. What would be the opposite of that? Honesty. So when I pray to God and I do the seven-step prayer, I ask to remove this character defect and to please help me to go in the direction, in this other direction. So now I know that I don't have to work on being, I have to work on being more peaceful, more loving, more clean, more patient, and more honest. And not everybody has like 15 character defects. Don't be so precious. You know what I mean? <laughs> Please. There may be six major things, you know. I mean, if you have ten, you're just being too pompous. Okay. <laughs> With our sponsor on our knees, it's optional, remember. We slowly recite this prayer. My creator, I'm not willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from my every single defect, from my, from me, every single defect of character, which stands in my way of your usefulness to you and my fellows. It doesn't say remove all this garbage so I can make more money, look better, buy a bigger house. No, 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 no. We're on the spiritual way of life, remember? Which stands in my way of your usefulness to you and my fellows. Okay? Grant me the strength as I go out from here to do your bidding, to do your work, dear God. Amen. Okay? So now we go to step eight. Four and five is a relationship with myself. Okay? Eight and nine is my relationship with the universe. I have to really make amends or be at peace with all those people that I harmed when I was drinking. Okay? And it says, step eight, the spiritual principle, forgiveness. Okay? Made a list of all persons we have harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. It says on page 76, big book. Now we need more action without which we find the faith without works is dead. Okay. So, read step 8 and the 12 and 12. Step 4 and 5, examine the relationship with ourselves. Step 8 and 9, with, our, with, the, with the world. Okay. Ransack memory for the people to whom we have given. It says on the 12 and 12, page 81. Okay. And we check for harms we have done are physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and of course, financial. Okay? Now, step eight is just making the list. 
Just make the list. Don't worry about how you're going to make the amends. Oh, he's going to punch me. She's going to throw me out of the office. She's going to call the cops. No, 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 no. Make the list. Nine. That's nine. Don't go to nine yet. And what we do is we get some of those index cards, three by five. Remember you get in the office and we make this following format. Like this, like this. Like this. Name of the person we had to make the amends, Right? You see this? Reason why we are making the amends, we're going to write here. Okay, the name is, let's say, Mary. I punched you in the mouth once, or whatever. <laughs> and here we're going to write, here we'll write on this corner, plus or minus. That means plus are the most difficult ones. Minus are the easier ones. Right? And we're going to start with the easier ones. So we get some practice. Now, how should I make my amends? We're going to write in this section. And we're going to do all this work with our sponsor. Number one thing. Never make an amend without talking to your sponsor. Ever. Ever. Okay? Discuss it with your sponsor. Okay? How can I do it? And after we write how we're going to do the amends, it's apologizing is not making the amend. All a man should finish with this sentence. What can I do to make it right for you? What can I do to make it right for you? And he or she says, never talk to me ever again. Never call me. That's it. Okay. You should probably make the $150 that I spent those tickets where I took you. Remember, you didn't like the show or something, whatever. Okay. How can I make it right? So now we have... Fifteen cards like this, right? Which one is the easiest one? The ones that have the minus, right? Probably talking to your mom, probably the, you yell at your children or whatever, the easiest one. The most difficult ones, as you get better, you go home, you did one amend, you pray, you ask God for guidance, which one should be next? Got it? Okay. Now we go to eight. The spiritual principle, atonement. May direct amends to such a people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Do you understand that? Everybody understands that? I tell you a stupid guy that wants a sponsor for three months, okay? And engineers. Engineers are very brilliant mentally, but emotionally, uh uh. <laughs> oh, Hector, I already, he had like a month, a month and a half. I already did an amend. I said, yes, what do you do? And I said, oh, really? And he says, well, I told my wife that I had sex with her best friend. That's not an amend. That's passive aggressive. That's vengeance. And she cannot forget it now. She brings it up all the time. Of course, moron, she does. In that case, you make a living amend. You don't do it ever again. You see, that hurt her. You see, said, we may direct amends to such a people, whatever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. That was not an amend. Okay. 
The spiritual journey continues with this difficult but cleansing step. Big book 76. Faith without works is dead. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We haven't the will to do this. We ask, we pray until it comes. Page 77. The real purpose to fit ourselves to be a maximum service to God and the people about us. These are some of the guidelines of how to make amends in the big book from page 76 and 84. You don't have to read all those pages. I give it to you in 10 sentences, okay, based on the big book. One, remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any length to victory over alcohol. Two, it is seldom wise to approach an individual who still smarts from our injustice to him and announce that we have gone religious. Don't go with pomposity, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm so holy now. Okay. Three, it is harder to go to an enemy than to a friend, but we find it much more beneficial to us. Under no conditions, under no condition, do we criticize such a person or argue. I make my amend to you, but remember what you do five months before I... No, 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 no. What I did was wrong and I apologize. What can I do now to make a right? And he curses us or throws us out of the office like it says in the big book. We just leave. We did our deed. It is done. It should not matter, however, if someone does throw us out of his office. We have made our demonstration, done our part. It's water under the dam. Five, most alcoholics owe money. We do not dodge our creditors. This is all from the big book. Six, we may lose our position or reputation or face jail. Um, Chuck did it so beautiful this morning, right? When he went in front of the judge. That was gorgeous. But we are willing. We have to be. We must not shrink at anything. Seven, before taking drastic action which might implicate other people, we secure their consent. We don't say, I don't go and tell, you know, uh, Richard anything that happened with me and and Patty, okay? We don't. I first, (laughs) we first talk. (laughs) Bad example. (laughs) Okay. But what I'm saying is we don't talk about somebody else when we make the amends. But he told me or he told me to do this and what we don't. Um, If we, before... Taking that, um, okay. Eight, if we assure our wife does not know, should we tell her? Not always we think. That's what the book says. Nine, we should not talk incessantly to them, our family, about spiritual matters. They will change in time. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. Don't go to your house and talk about how wholesome you are and how spiritual you are and what you do in AA. They don't give a crap about AA. They're not alcoholics. Don't bother them. Let your wonderful, kind, loving actions demonstrate how spiritual you are. It's nothing more boring than hear talk about AA when you're not in AA. I hate golf. Don't come and talk to me about golf. I think it's boring as caca. You know what I mean? Stay away from me. I don't like golf. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
10. There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. And there may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases. But don't delay if it can be avoided. 11. We should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping when we make the amend. And listen to this. As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. I go and make the amends, but you're not going to insult me or push me or insult or spit on me. Okay? We just walk out. We don't crawl before anyone. We just make the amends with respect and clarity. Twelve, the spiritual life is not a theory. We had to live it. Okay? Uh, there's only one exception to this amends procedure and it's explained in the 12 and 12 page 86 there can be only one consideration which should qualify our desire for complete disclosure to the damage we have done that will arise in the occasional situation where to make full revelation would seriously harm the other the one person we are making amends or quite as important, other people. It does not lighten our burden when we recklessly make the cross, make the crosses of others heavier. Okay? Remember when we make the man, we end up with this sentence. What can I do to make it right? Okay? And after that come the promises. After step nine. And notice, all the promises are of a spiritual nature. It doesn't, we will not know a car dealer will sell us a wonderful car. We will not make more money for this, okay? The feeling of uselessness will disappear and we become movie stars. It doesn't say that, okay? It says, we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will, know, we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. Four, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. Six, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Seven, our whole attitude and outlook on life will change. Eight, fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. Nine, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. Ten, we suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. That's what Dawn shared this morning. How God doing for her what she could not even imagine doing. Okay? Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They're being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Notice that all the promises deal in the realm of the spirit. They have nothing to do with the material world. Okay. Step 10. A spiritual principle. Perseverance. Page 84. Big book. We at once continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment and fear. When these crop up, we ask God to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately, if possible, with our sponsor. See, it says when we discuss with someone immediately, that was the, when the book was written, 
there were no sponsors yet, okay? So, discuss with our sponsor and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Love and tolerance of others are code. We have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. If you want to really be crushed and have your ego totally crushed, read step 10 and the 12 and 12. Okay? If you think you're right about any situation, if you think they have a, he or she should make amends to me, read step 10 and the 12 and 12. It's devastating. One of the sentences is, um, every time, page 90, every time we are disturbed, no matter what the cause, there's something wrong with us. If somebody hurts us and we are sore about it, we are in the wrong also. I hate that crap. <laughs> I mean, I cannot blame you for anything ever. You see, if you hurt me, insult me, maybe this is my time to show you how spiritual I am and forgive you. Okay? Remember, we develop a spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. And, uh, and it says another thing on page 62. I love this. So our troubles are of our own making. Avoid them the deliver manufacture of misery. Page 133. But it is clear that we made our own misery. God didn't do it. Okay? So basically, we create all our troubles at a conscious level or subconscious level. When I look back at any situation I ever had that I had a fight, I could have done something different. I could have spoken in a different manner. I could have kept my mouth shut. If you want to be removed from your life, 70% of your troubles, keep your mouth shut. (laughs) 70%, okay? Nothing is open more unnecessarily than the mouth. (laughs) If you keep your mouth shut, you see, this is a good answer. Mm Mm-hmm. No, but look at this. You're wrong because no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's it. No trouble. Okay. Um. Okay. Okay. Resenting somebody can be fatal. Yes, resentment is the number one killer for alcoholics. And this is on page twelve and twelve, page ninety-one. In all situations, we need to ask for self-restraint. One, self-restraint. Two, honest analysis of what is involved. Three, willingness to admit when the fault is ours. Four, an equal willingness to forgive when the fault is elsewhere. Okay? And these are the three things I had to ask myself before I opened my stupid mouth. What I'm going to say, one, is it true? Two, is it necessary? And three, is it kind? So before I open my stupid mouth, this is it. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Okay. Now we do the step. We do the procedure, 
basically the, the step 10 is we do use the same format as step 4, right? We find out what was my fault. Then we do step 7. We ask God to remove the character defect that I used in this situation. So first we do step 7 with it's Step four format, we find out what was the character defect I practiced in my argument with you, right? Then we do step seven. We ask God humbly to remove the character defect. Before I make the telephone call, I talk to my sponsor, then I call. See, I ask God, please help me when I make this amend. Remove this character defect. Then I pick up the phone and I make the amends, Okay. Uh, and it's really funny this is the part we all forget in page uh, step 10 after we do the man says the following we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help why do that because I just made amends I didn't want to make the amends but I made them anyway no, instead of sitting home and saying, I should have said this, I could have done that, what I need that, no, go and help somebody. Go and help somebody. The easiest way to forget about my garbage is go and help somebody. That's what the book says. When everything else fails, it doesn't say go out and buy another cashmere sweater, does it? <laughs> when everything else fails, go and help somebody else. Okay? So... Now that we we got to step 11. I'm doing good. Okay. <laughs> what is step 11? Consciousness, spiritual principle. Read step 11 with your sponsor and the tw- in the 12 and 12. Read it in the big book from page 85 to the end of the chapter on page 88. These three short pages, we are given three different formats of prayer. And... Where is it? You know, um, you know, in the books it says on awakening, page eighty-six. You know that part. It says, "Let us think about the twenty-four hours a day, so on, etc., etc." Middle day, page eighty-seven. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful, etc., etc. At night, eighty-six. When we retire at night, we constructively review the day. And I have it written in one page. It's three paragraphs. So you have that constant in your, um, in your, what you call it, in front of you when you want to really pray if you don't know how to do it. My friend Harvey, I love this joke. <laughs> My friend Harvey says, and he's British, oh, hello, really. And, uh, and he says, prayer is when you talk to God. When you hear the voice of God talking back to you, is called schizophrenia. <laughs> I love that joke. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it tonight too. But you laugh like you never heard it before, okay? Okay. I don't know. The book tells us that prayer and meditation are the best and most direct way to access that power. Page 12 and 12, 12 and 12, page 91. Prayer and meditation are a principal means of conscious contact with God. And see, prayer really is a dialogue with God just to get a connection with God, to get a guidance from God. 
And the book says, pray, oh, I didn't read the step. So through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him. Praying only, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Praying only because I don't know what's good for me. I thought having a Mercedes was good for me. Being on Broadway as an actor, seeing myself on television. And I did all that and I ended up dead for three days in the intensive care unit. And I had the Mercedes. I had money in the bank. And I ended up dead. So obviously I don't know what's good for me. So pray for God for guidance. Beloved God, the power of the all good, divine entity, please guide me today. Please show me. I don't have the energy I feel lonely. Please give me the power. Give me the reason to do this. You're the boss. I'm your servant. Guide me. Show me. Please help me. See, we pray to God. And after we pray to God, we go into meditation. And the way I do it, I sit. I put my hands on my lap. I close my eyes and let go of the world and conditions and circumstances. Conditions and circumstances. The finite world. The material world. And I go within. You see, to this world. Some, in some religious circles they call it the, the secret place of the Most High inside. Why is it a secret place of the Most High? Because nobody can enter there but you. That's your kingdom. Okay? And that's where God resides, according to the big book. Deep down inside of all of us, the big book says. So inside of me, I had to go on meditation and try to hear the still, small voice of God for guidance. And isn't it interesting? The first 11 steps end up in silence. Prayer and meditation. Silence. Why is that? And I think the reason why is that, because silence is the language of God. You see, we can best be connected with God when we are quiet. That's what the Master said 2,000 years ago. Be still and know that I am God. He didn't say drive around a BMW eating a sandwich, text messaging, listening to music, and know that I am God. No, be still, Hector. Let go. That's an illusion out there anyway. That's an illusion. That's not where I live. I live in here. I live inside of me. See, what you're seeing is not Hector. This is the body suit. When you see a car, you see the body of the car. That's not the car. The car is what's inside that, right? The motor, the brakes, the carburetor. When you see this, this is not Hector. The Hector is inside of me. And you cannot touch that. You can cut my hand off. You cannot touch that. And that's where we go when we meditate. Remember, God's grace is inside of all of us. So we have to get in touch with that beauty, that divinity, that peace, that joy. God is inside of all of us. The book says that. And that's meditation. Okay? Okay. The book says, pray only. Never was I to pray for only for myself except as my request before bore usefulness to others. And sometimes we don't feel like praying. It's okay. 
Don't worry about it. Come back. Come back later on. The next day, two days from now. You know? And your, our whole life is a prayer. Every thought, every action, everything we do is a prayer. You see? Pray incessantly, without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. You see, and this is a prayer. Thank you, God. That's a prayer. Get into your car. I have a car. Thank you, God, for the car. Okay? I'm going to the park. Thank you, God. I'm going to the park. I'm talking about maybe a minute and a half a day. Conscious contact with God. I have to be conscious that this power, this divinity that created the entire universe is inside of me. And I had to learn how to harness it, how to be in touch with it. And we do it constant through the day. I'm talking about a minute and a half. Thank you, God, for this meal. And don't go like this and pray in front of everybody. No, just think about it. Thank you, God, for this meal. He knows or she knows. Okay? We don't try. See, whenever we pray in public or do anything in public, it's not as good as when we do it alone. You know why? Because when I do something in public, the ego is involved. Am I good? Do I sound good? Am I charming? Am I... Just thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this meal. Thank you, God, for my boyfriend, my girlfriend, for my house, for the salary I get. Thank you. You see, Plato said 2,000 years ago, before Christ, he said, a grateful mind is a great mind that eventually attracts to itself great things. See, we live, if you live in a state of gratitude, the universe will give you more. And how I explain that is very simple. If you have a child and it's five years old, here, honey, a quarter. And the kid says, oh, a quarter, caca, caca, caca. And puts it in the toilet and flushes it down the toilet. Are you going to give him a dollar? So if God gave me this little job, this only $350 a week, thank you, God, for this job. Thank you for this bicycle. It's not a car. Thank you for a bicycle. Thank you for my 10 days of sobriety. Then the universe says, oh, he likes to be. He enjoys what, let me give him more. Okay? If you get said, thank you for the quality, daddy. This is so wonderful. You're going to give him five bucks next time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so the universe works in the same way. Okay? And after we do step 11, um, we come to step 12. Okay? And it's interesting that before we do step 12, before we do service, you know, we had to step 12, spiritual principle is service. Okay. And we had to work the first preceding 11 step before we get to 12. And in 12, we get the CEO title we give in Alcoholics Anonymous. And this is a title we all receive here. Humble servant. Humble servant. See, people in the spiritual way of life are servants. We love to serve. We love to help other people. We are givers. We are not takers. You see, before we joined the spiritual way of life, we used to, what can I get? What can I get? This, this, and no. We changed that from, what can I give? 
Because the only healing love is the love I give you. It's wonderful that you love me. But it's infinitely much more important that I love you. Because when I'm loving you, I feel it inside. That's why the book says, when everything else fails, it doesn't say love yourself more. No. Find somebody else to help, to care for. Okay? So... um, Practical experience, big book, page 89. Practical experience shows that nothing will so much so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when others' activities fail. Step 12 is about unconditional giving. Okay? Working with others. I'm going to give you the just uh, the 12 steps. I wrote 12 lines. You don't have to read the whole paragraph. They have a wonderful chapter, you know, working with others, right? But this is the gist of it, okay? One, don't start out as evangelist or reformer. Two, never criticize. To be helpful is our only aim. Three, be careful not to brand him an alcoholic. Four, express the spiritual feature freely. Five, you should not be offended if he wants to call it off. For he has helped you more than you have helped him. Six, if he expects you to act only as a banker for his financial difficulties or a nurse for his sprees, you may have to drop him. Got that? Seven, he should not be pushed, he should not be pushed or prodded by you, his family or his friends. Nine, we seldom allow an alcoholic to live in our homes for a long time. It is not good for him. Ten. Ladies and gentlemen, pay attention to this one. Ten. If there is a divorce or separation, there should be no undue haste for the couple to get together. It's in the big book. Sometimes it's to the best interest of all concerned that a couple remains apart. That's working with others. Eleven. Do not think of what you will get out of the occasion. Think of what you can bring to it. Okay? Twelve. Keep on the firing line of life with these motives and God will keep you unharmed. Okay? The most important activity in sobriety is helping others. Sober alcoholics are dedicated to a life of service inside and outside of AA. Um, for in alcohol, page 14, for if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enrage his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. A spiritual person is somebody who gives. And I want to say something. I hope you understand it. I always tell the guy that I work with, whatever you work, whether you have a... Um, a garage to fix car, or you work at Macy's as a sales lady, or you're a school teacher, or I don't know, you, you're a gardener. That's your church. That's your synagogue. That's your temple. You see? And whatever you do there, do it with a lot of love. And I'm going to prove it to you. Have you been to a store? And the, the sales lady was so horrible. You see, I'll never come back here again. You all had that experience. Is that correct? Okay. Have you ever been to a store and you didn't buy anything, but she was so wonderful. Thank you very much. And say, 
You know, next time I need shoes, I'm coming back here. That lady treat her shop like that's her temple. See, when you go, when they come to you, they don't come to buy a shoe. They don't come come your fact your car fix. They come you come they come we come there to be loved, to be treated with a great deal of love. See, what people ask me, what is God's will for whatever I have to do? I'll tell you what it is. Whatever you have to do, do it with a lot of love. That's it. So remember, wherever you work, that's your church. Probably some of you don't like this. That's your temple. That's your synagogue. That's your church. And the people come to you, they don't come to buy something, you know. They come to be treated with love and respect. That's what it means to carry these principles in all our affairs. Okay? And one more thing and I shut up. Khalil Gibran, the great poet, said the best. When we die, the only thing we take with ourselves is what we have given away. And the most important we can give away is the gift of ourselves. That's top 12, isn't it? You see, when somebody passes away, we always remember what she did for me or remember when I was sick and he came over and held my hand and brought me some uh, orange juice. We don't remember all the stupid things that people give us, you know. We, re- we remember when he or she held my hand and I felt alone. And he said, Hector's going to be okay. That's the gift of ourselves. That's what we do in AA. We give of ourselves. And the more we give, the more we have to give. Because the supply is not, it's not full, it's, we don't get it from ourselves. It's from the God within. The more love you get, the, the more love you get, the more love you have to give. Anyway, thank you for listening to me. I love you and God bless you. Everybody, my name is Hector and I'm a real alcoholic. Are you doing okay so far? Okay. Now, we just finished with tip six. You know, when I do this, I do a whole weekend. So it's like nine hours of this, okay? This is a very quick version. It's going to be an hour and a half. So this is the best I can do, an hour and a half. Step seven. Spiritual principle, humility. And it says, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Okay, the book says, The attainment of greater humility is the foundation principle of each AA 12 steps. For without some degree of humility, no alcoholic can stay sober at all. And the 12 and 12 on page 72 says, As long as we place self-reliance first, a genuine, genuine reliance upon a higher power was out of the question. The basic ingredient of humility and desire to seek and do God's will were missing. Now, there is not, you cannot, do not confuse humility with humiliation. Okay, they're two different things. Humiliation is to make somebody feel ashamed or foolish by injuring his dignity publicly. Humility means having a modest or humble view of one's self-importance. Spiritually, humility means putting God's will first.
That's what we do in AA. God's will first. Okay? The book, big book tells us you should point out that his defects of character are not going to disappear overnight. Okay? Page 100. Also we are told, I think in the 12 and 12, that some of our character defects will be removed. There were some of them we had to be content with improvement. That's why we keep coming back. And I'm still coming back. Um, one of this, one of the things that we hear in AA very, very often is, in God's timing, God's timing is now. The God that created the entire universe, that makes the cosmos rotate in perfect divine order, that takes a little seed and creates a beautiful tree, that takes an embryo and makes a beautiful baby, he can deal with your puny little problems right now. (laughs) You get it? You see, the book says, are you willing to go to any length? I said, no, no, let me check something. Let's see if your higher power is willing to go to any length to keep you sober. No, no, are you willing to go to any length? Are you willing to let go of this character defect? God is willing. And remember, God's timing is always now. God is always in the present. Because God is not, I was, so I will be. But I am, the eternal I am, okay?